0: I just feel like a fraud most of the time. Like I feel like why, like who am I? Like what am I doing? Like what is makes my life any more interesting than anyone else's? And the fact that I can articulate the struggles of motherhood maybe better than some people can in writing. I mean if you spoke to any mum, they would tell you all the stories that I've written down mm. verbally and my writing has always been my love and, you know – a strength, if you say, and some people can't do that. So maybe the reason why women do like reading my posts is because I just say what they have been through that day or that night. And there's plenty of other mums that do exactly the same as what I do. It's just that my thing always was and I get still get questions sometimes. It's like, well why don't your posts match sorry, your photos match your words and I'm I'm like like, that's the fucking point. That's the point. Like it was like and I wrote in one of my posts like It literally would have been a photo of me in Jimmy's undies in a Bond's maternity bra eating cereal out of a packet. That would have been the photo. It was me going, okay, get up, have a freaking shower, put on some red lippy, put on some heels, buy something you love and go and get a photo out on a wall and then go home. Mm -hmm. Even if you just do that for 10 minutes, you've done something, you know.
1: I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today... Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create, and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind, and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. I hope you're ready to laugh. My next guest is responsible for pioneering a new influencer type, the honest mum. Like so many other women, I turn to Rochelle Rowling's when I'm in need of a dose of reality, especially when it comes to motherhood. What started as an outlet to express not only her love of fashion but also to rise up from the darkness that can come for us after we've had a baby, Rochelle's Instagram account is now a lifeline for so many mothers. There's also the epic fashion moments we all deserve to admire. I first met Rochelle in 2016 when I was leading Who What Wear Australia. We invited her to be a part of our influencer network, and I'll never forget how taken aback she was. So humble. Fast forward three years and watching her go from strength to strength and also give birth to her second baby is pure joy. This is possibly one of the realest conversations I've had to date. Rochelle is unguarded, open and intensely honest. She matches her own quick wit and humour with thoughtful observations and opinions on the topics we all hold close to our hearts. Love, death, motherhood, societal pressures, nutrition, fashion... Personal development, and why happiness doesn't always look the way we thought it would, and why that's totally okay. Settle in, I couldn't even cut a minute of this. Here's Rochelle and I for offline. Where shall we start? (laughs) I feel like we've had so many lols already. I wish I was recording. Oh,
0: it's pretty candid, isn't it? Um, I'm huge. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. I just am stunted. <laughs> Literally. Standing next to you, I'm like, I'm a massive human being. <laughs> do you know what's really funny? It's when I had like a I think I was twenty-three and I was having like that, what do I do with my life? And I left media. And I went back to uni and I was going to do high school teaching. What? Well, because I wanted the holidays and I thought it'd be crazy, And because there wasn't much difference between me and 18-year-olds, so it could be a good purpose. Are you allowed to say that? Um, Not really. Yeah, <laughs> take that back. Um, and I didn't realise that two weeks into uni, they sent you into a high school to start prac straight away. And I went into this high school for year 11 and literally 90% of the population was taller than me. And they were literally like looking at me like I was a piece of <laughs> chewed up salami. <laughs> like absolutely never going to listen to me. And I was like, okay, this is not for me. And I left that day and I never went back. Like no authority. No authority. Like I was a kindergartner. And is that I w- what it feels like
1: to be a mum? Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Except I pretend I have
1: authority because I yell
0: really loud. <laughs> but my kids are just like, we just know you're full of shit. Um, but yeah, it, like that literally sums up motherhood is just like coming to terms with the fact that you have absolutely no authority in your life. Like no one's going to listen. No, but then you have to pick other people to have authority over, like the dog or your husband. <laughs> so like all day you're just shit on and then someone, either they come home or, and you have to like have ultimate power with them. So you're just like, don't put that fucking fork in the dishwasher like that. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Put it in the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so then
1: yeah. Someone else oh has to God. has to take the brunt of that, unfortunately. This is gonna be fun and funny. I'm already doing the cry laughing. Oh no, good, good. Um Okay, I do my first question. <laughs> okay. You touched on it a bit actually. Mm. I wanted to talk about Rochelle before marriage, motherhood, and Instagram. Jesus. I did some internet stalking. <laughs> as I do. <laughs> There isn't much. <laughs> yeah, because I found I, your LinkedIn. I'm absolutely not. Which no you haven't updated in about a decade. <laughs> um, but what I did find out was before your babies, you worked in business development or media sales. Media sales. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Tell us about that. Well, can I just tell you before that, I was actually the door bitch at Havana. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a record number of memberships when I worked there. <laughs> um, but... Post that, um, I was, yeah, I was working in media. So I did get my first job at Channel 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I legitimately thought that I would walk in there for a week and then just become the weather girl. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, I was just a shit kicker basically. Um, so I was there for a couple of years and then um, my dad passed away. And so I left and kind of travelled with my mom and just tried to <laughs> – find out what the fuck you do after you lose Mm. someone so substantially no i mean it happens Mm. and you know i was 20 i was 23 so it was hard yeah because you're just like going like you lose trust in because at that age they're still such an authority figure you Mm. know so you in your head you think nothing can happen to your parents you know and when it did it was like i had this oh my god like I'm not invincible, my parents aren't invincible, like and it's your real mortality. And at twenty three to go through that, mm. it was just like, Whoa, like how do I how do I come back from this? Because mm. I have so many more years to live without him.
1: And I guess also if you're in a job that you don't find fulfilling. Yeah. They're the type of moments in life because I had a similar one. My husband and I went through a death and um and it was a real wake up call of mm. like Oh, if you're not happy, what you're doing, what you're doing, mm-hmm. you need to quickly change. And yeah. I
0: think the problem, and and it's so nice that you um you can come to that realization out of such a bad thing that has happened. But the problem is, is that a lot of the time after that kind of stuff happens, you go, "Yep, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to appreciate every day." But then you fall back into that every mm. day because that's what life is, right? And you can't wake up every morning. Going, this is going to be my best day and I'm going to conquer the world. Because some days are just shitty. Mm-hmm. And I especially have found that since having kids. Like, there's been days where I've just been like, I don't, I, I hate this. Like, mm-hmm. I hate everything. I Never, I don't want to be here. But just, I want to leave, you yeah, know. I want to be somewhere I want else. to be somewhere else without them or anyone, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't, and I didn't love my job. But it wasn't because of the people. Like, it was a great environment. It was more... Like, my life is getting up, going to work, coming home, sleeping, getting up, going to work. And that was what my dad did until the day he died. And mm. it was like, there was nothing after that, you know. So, for me, it was like, okay, go traveling, find yourself. But, of course, I sunk into that, you know. Oh, but I have a boyfriend that I love and I can't leave him and I'm going to marry him. And, you know, and he was... a. Uh, skateboarder who still smoked pot <laughs> and had no interest in marrying me or doing all that and it was one of those you know big life crises and funnily enough a month after I lost dad I met Jimmy and wow. yeah and it was one of those like star-crossed lovers moments was where it? well oh with God, me and I his friend no 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 because I actually thought his friend was hot um <laughs> And then, um, and then I was like, actually, you're kind of cute too because his friend wasn't interested. And actually, I still had a boyfriend who I was having a huge fight with that night. And I wasn't even supposed to go that night. And my boss had said, please come. Like, it'll be good for you because my mum was still very dependent. And, and it was just my mum and I. So, I was like, no, 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 I have to go home for her. And she's like, just come for an hour and you won't regret it. And like, I was literally wearing the fuggliest outfit ever. What were you wearing? No, like, I can't even tell you. Tell me. So it was from Q. Um, cause I thought... I used Q- to work at Q. Did you? Yeah, oh. in the, um, Conce- Maya concession in Liverpool. He would have been my best friend cause Q oh. was my fucking jam. Like, I thought I Q, loved it. I thought Q was the best. Like, I had every twin set of Q.
1: <laughs> like, everything. The suits. Oh, I had them all. I had them all. And like... I went more for their campaign dresses. Oh. You know, when they'd bring out those special Oh, with the numbers. high-waisted belts? Mm.
0: Yeah, I was so into them as well. And they made you look like a 1950s housewife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was into that look too. Um, and... I had this ugly jacket on and I remember thinking the moment I met him was like, oh my God, imagine if we got married and I will forever have met you in this <laughs> ugly jacket. So you
1: felt that straight away? Imagine. No, no, sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't
0: say that because I didn't, I didn't like him at all. Um, <laughs> I thought he was hot, but, and funnily enough, I was sober because I was driving and he was drinking and we went to the bar and I think I was getting like a lemon lemon bitters and he stopped paying attention to me to do something. I can't remember what he was doing and I really wanted my drink and he was taking his sweet-ass time. So I actually licked my finger and stuck it in his ear. <sighs> uh, I gave him a wet willy on the first date. <laughs> or Actually, it wasn't even the first date. We'd only had two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a wet willy. And he had a wet willy. So um, <laughs> This is love. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's love. It's long-lasting. Um, I am sexy. <laughs> I am sexy. But, um, yeah, so... Um, How did he react to the wet wheel? He was just a bit shocked, I think. Um, He actually, I found out after, had a girlfriend as well. So, really shouldn't have been wet willing anyway. But, yeah, so he – and we didn't – and then for a year we didn't speak, like, at all. And then I was still at seven, and um, Channel 7, and he – had gotten promoted at the job that he was at and there was like this media um, notice when things happened in media. I'm sure you, you would not remember that. And mm. this whole email, like the main header was a photo of him because he'd been promoted and I was like, oh, well, I should probably reach out and <laughs> congratulate him. Um, <laughs> so I added him on Facebook and, um, and then the rest is kind of history.
1: Wow. Mm.
0: So... We went on our first date and I got super, super drunk because I'd actually been seeing this guy who broke my heart and Jimmy was like, oh, okay, I'll go and see him as a rebound. So I got, like, I drank half a bottle of red wine, which for me is massive. And he picked me up in a taxi and I was like, well, hello. (laughs) And um, we went out and um, I was absolutely blind. And all I remember saying is, you need to order me some calamari because I'm about to pass out. And he said it was the best date ever. And we actually pashed in front of the fireplace at the Commons. you Remember the Commons? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love the Commons, yeah. I loved yeah. the Commons. And he went to the bathroom and I ate all the calamari by myself. And then we went to somewhere else. I can't even remember the name. And I danced on the tabletop with a bottle of champagne. Stop this. Mm, mm, Slutfest. <laughs> and then um, he put me in a cab because I was like, he's like, you obviously need to go home. And um, he's like, she's fun. She's fun. Yeah. And meanwhile, I also asked him because I'd heard through the grapevine that he was married with kids because he's quite a lot older. And so well, after a couple of drinks, I was like, listen, here you scumbucket, you've got a wife and kids at home. He's like, I absolutely do not. Um, And then he put me in a cab and he's like, I'll call you in the morning. I was like, yep. And I vomited in the cab. I can't with this. Into my... New Oriton bag Oriton. <laughs> that my mother bought me and got home and I'm in the back of the taxi and he's pulled up and he's gone to open the door. Hey, did he see you vomit in the bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so I've gone, oh fuck, he's going to come round, and he's going to ask for a cleaning bill or something. He was like a 65 year old man that did not speak <laughs> English and he opened the door and he goes in really broken language, can I take you on a date sometime? <laughs> <laughs> And I woke up in the morning and I told my mum this story. And first of all, she said, you go and clean that handbag that I bought you. And second, she said, of course, he asked you on a date. He thought you were easy. You're vomiting in the back of a taxi. In the um, And I thought I'd never hear from Jimmy again. And I woke up to this beautiful message saying we had the most lovely chats and you were just so interesting. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, I cannot remember a damn thing.
1: How does this day. happen? We're there. Recollection is so. Or was he just being very kind? He was probably being very kind, and he
0: also wasn't dancing on a table at our date, so he probably <laughs> could remember the night. I
1: can kind of picture you dancing on a table, like you want another wet yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I don't have dancers. Like I am the most like, honestly, no. like I do Pilates, and I get the most simple move wrong because i'm so uncoordinated and she's like i don't understand how someone can get something so so simple so wrong so i would be and it was like um at the club we went to it was they were playing like 80s and 90s hits so i was all over oh it. my god um and it would have just been this five foot one uncoordinated <laughs> with her brand new Orton bag thinking <laughs> she's the shit just and he still fell in love with me
1: god bless him oh my god that's so incredible i feel like we kind of Connect on the age gap a bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Tony's older. Yes, yeah. 13 years.
0: Jimmy's 11 and a
1: half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's actually perfection. So do I. Like it is the singular – not the singular. There's many reasons why it works. <laughs> it's <laughs> the only reason. It's the only reason. Yeah. Um, it's one of the main mm. reasons why we work, I think.
0: I think um, – I think what it is, is women in general, like generalising here, are so much more ready to settle down. I think we, we have this pressure upon us, especially with society, where it's like, you have to be married, you have to have babies, you have to do this by a certain age, or you're basically going to be left on the shelf. And I remember even meeting Jimmy at 24. That's and how I old like, I was when I met Tony. That's why we're so mm-hmm. Um And thinking okay, well, we'll date for two years and then we'll get married and then I'll take a year and then we'll have babies. and that's perfect because this will all happen by I'm 30. And then I look back now and I think, what a schmuck. Like just Mm. enjoy your time. And Mm. I probably did rush like a lot of things. Um, But, I mean, I obviously don't regret it now, but in terms of, you know, why it works so well probably for both of us is because you probably need a man that's 10 years ahead of
1: you to be on the same mm. wavelength that you're on. And that's what I said before is I also just needed a man. Yeah. Those yep. little boys, I was like, I can't be dealing with this shit. No, and Waiting two weeks for you to reply to me or like wondering if you're going to ever contact me again. Or still skateboarding. Still skateboarding, mm. smoking those drugs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like.
0: I think it's the mind games as well. And they have so much more time on their hands. And. I always say to Jimmy, like, what were you doing by the, when you were 30? And he was like, I was living in South America. And I was like, well, when I was 30, I had two kids and a mortgage. Wow. Like the difference mm. there is, and they're in no rush, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, it's different personalities. I have a lot of girlfriends who have settled down with men their age and it works really well for them. Um, but I couldn't, and, and maybe it's like daddy issues, like I don't mm. know what it is. But it's like I know for me it was like I just wanted someone to take care of me uh, and that's how I saw him like because mm. I was so – This is kind of my story. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just mm. want someone to go – And I
1: think because in all other aspects of my life I'm a leader. Yep. Or nurture. Yes. That I kind of – with him I feel like I can fall back into him. Yeah. And our dynamic at home, it's like I'm the opposite of who I am here. Yeah. With him at home. Yep. And like I've turned into quite the princess actually. Like there's some (laughs) days where I'm like, you just expect your cup of tea. Yes.
0: At 8.30pm. Oh my God, this is me. Like Jimmy, Jimmy literally comes out and will be like. Cup of tea now? No, 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 this is even worse. He'll go, he'll come out with an empty toilet roll and he'll be like, you do realise that there's other people living in this house that need toilet paper. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, shit, like, I just forgot. Or like, he'll be like, hey, are you going to put those clothes in the dryer? And i so will be like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. And he's like, no, no, no. If you do it tomorrow, you'll need to rewash the clothes because they'll smell. And I'm like, what is the issue here? Like, I am
1: sitting down <laughs> this for the is first me. time. Yeah. And oh it's Yeah. Oh, my God. Tony's like, so you didn't get to the blacks. I'm like, so the thing is. Uh, I didn't fucking think about the blacks. <laughs> the blacks did not enter did you my mind. separate
0: the blacks? Because, like, I don't even do that. So now I'm feeling... Well, I don't do the
1: washing, so okay, I don't think good. there's ever been a moment where I've had to separate the blacks. But I'm like, I'm not in this world thinking about the washing. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> never doing That's that. Meant, yeah. Well,
0: no, I, it has to be me now because mm. with children comes <laughs> responsibilities, like washing things. Um, but definitely when we met, like, I was like my mum did everything like, and that's probably not a good thing. Mm. Um, but I wasn't even aware that there wasn't a sheet fairy. Like I literally (laughs) thought there was a fairy who came and changed sheets and I moved in with Jimmy who had moved out when he was 18, probably very Mm. similar to Tony and had, I think actually even earlier than 18. And he was like, I just, I don't understand how you've made 24
1: years on this earth. It's like we're having an identical conversation. The thing is, when I met Tony, so I was 24 Mm. and I was living alone in a bedsit in Paddington Mm. and it's all I could afford, it was $250 a week. (laughs) At the time I was like, sheesh, I was only on like 38 grand. (laughs) (laughs) I just will to eat this week. That's it was just fine. like a lot of my money. Yeah. And I had to um, get out cash and put it in an envelope and put the envelope into a weird safe in the wall every Friday night so that you wouldn't spend it. <laughs> well, no, because that was the process of living in this house.
0: But like someone lived in the wall. Well, like
1: there was this <laughs> a drop boxing it <laughs> that it would go into and that's oh. like when you had, that's how you paid rent. It, like, Are you it wasn't, sure this wasn't a brothel? I know. It feels like me. Maybe it was. No. <laughs> it used to be an old, like, outpatient care house. Oh. It was kind of a spooky building. Yeah. Anyway, I lived there. I loved it. Mm. It was a share bathroom. Oh, yuck. It's so gross it's now. Amazing. At the time, I was like, this is fine. Like, again, like, from the West, came from nothing. Mm. I was like, the fact that I'm even in the it big smoke. I've <laughs> mm, mowed it. Mm, even though I'm touching someone else's gingivitis and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, but I remember we started dating. I was like, yeah, come around to mine. Because I went to his first, which was like the warehouse conversion at the top of a building in um, Redfern, like a mirrored wall, like all like high ceilings. Mm. It was all beautiful. Mm. Mm. And also I was like, oh, my God, like hit the jackpot. (laughs) Turns out he was renting. God damn it. (laughs) Anyway, that's (laughs) fine. Love him anyway. (laughs) But also I was like, you're
0: 37. Why don't you
1: own this anyway? And that's how old fine. did 37 seem then? Then Yeah. I was like, oh my God, you're nearly 40. Oh, I'm
0: 37. Like,
1: I will have accomplished
0: so All much. these things. And mm.
1: I'm literally like still the same person yes, a same. decade later. Yeah. But I remember I went to his and I was all fancy. And then he came to mine, as they do, you get to that point. Mm. And we're going up the steps and he was like, oh, so, so I was like, guest house. Other people live here. We all have a room. He's like, okay, get to my room. And he's like, where's the bathroom? And I was like, oh, it's just down the steps. And he's like, do you share a bathroom? Oh. And I went, yeah. So it's just my bed really in a kitchenette. So he's like, you're moving into my house tonight. So the first thing he said to me, he was like, oh, we've got to get you out of here.
0: <laughs> oh, but, but see, that's that father figure where it's like, I'm going to rescue you. Yes. Which is the, all the fairy tale, right? Yeah. It's like... A successful man who just wants Comes to take care in on of the riding horse. on the white horse, or in Jimmy's case, a Vespa. <laughs> let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> um, and saves you. Yes. And it's not like you and I, you know, came from, like it's not Pretty Woman where mm. we were literally like walking the streets. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. Um, but it was just <laughs> every woman wants that kind of fairy tale, mm. you know. And it says still a lot about society and how far we really haven't come yes and how much we still feel inferior in some mm. way and then I guess
1: in a lot of ways that like that's good for me to reflect on that I, I allowed myself to be rescued in a way you but know
0: what I, I mean like, I think as well um I think it's innate in all of us that we have um a good sense of um of being able to sense a heart and a soul and the kindness in yes. someone right and with Jimmy, when I met him, it was like, um probably not the first date because obviously that was a blur, Um, but the next couple of dates, it was like this, and they say it, and it sounds so corny even saying it, but like, I imagined him with children, like with my children, and yes. it was like, you would be, and it, and it is that animal instinct mm. where it's like, if I breed with you, you will you will take care of my children and you will give them the best possible life that they possibly could have. Mm. And that is actually the truest I thought it then and now I watch it and I think, God, I made a good decision. Yes. And it was this crossroads for me where I remember I was walking down um, the back of of our house. My mum lives on this beautiful nature reserve and her and I were walking down and I was at this crossroads where I was like, I still, you know, I I still have my ex and uh, he's a big part of my life and I have this guy and at that time (laughs) mum hadn't met him and and mum just said to me and she said, you need to marry the man that's going to love you the most because you'll be unhappy for the rest of your life if you don't. And I remember thinking that and I remember thinking with my ex it was kind of touch and go, like he'll have me, he won't, he'll have me, he won't. And then with Jimmy it was like every single morning I would wake up and he would be like, I love you. What do you want to do today? Let's do something special. Like, and it wasn't this showering, like, and it was like, I remember I woke up, um, on my birthday and we'd only been together like two weeks and he'd hidden all these little wrapped up gifts all around the house. And one of them was, um, a pair of, um, rose-coloured glasses, like they were these pink glasses. And he said, I only ever want you to see the world through rose-coloured glasses. I've got goosebumps. And it was like this – and at the time I hated it. I was like, look at this corny. Like, <laughs> like be mean to me because yeah. I like that. Um, and and then um, this little book of Melbourne and he's like, we're flying to Melbourne tonight. And I was like, what? And he's like, go home, get, get dressed. Like, get your stuff. We're going to Melbourne. Oh and I was like, God. oh, my God. And – I remember going with him to Melbourne, and the whole time being turned off because I was like, "Why are you being nice to me? Like, why are you so available? Like, why are you so sweet? Like, you know, I I, I like bad boys. I don't want to mm. be with this." And that was the pivotal moment moment for me. And I remember <laughs> he's gonna kill me for saying this, but I remember waking up on Sunday on the Sunday morning. And he was still asleep and he was literally like an octopus around my body. This, like,
1: You are me. This is so weird. Is it?
0: Yeah. And you looked and I looked down and I remember just going, no, I need to get back together with my ex. Like, I can't have this. And we flew back home and the next day at work, he, um, he's like, something's up. and He came and met me at Piedmont Park and I was like, sorry, can't do this. And he drove off on his Vespa and I was like, I've made the right decision here. <laughs> I've made the right decision. And I went home and I called my ex and I was like, let's get back together. And he came over and I hopped in the car with him and I was like, what the fuck have I done? I've just, wow. and I rang Jimmy and he didn't answer. And I was like, good, good play, good play. Yep. <laughs> and then I rang him like a second time, third time, 10th time, finally answered. And he's like, I'm not doing a seesaw. Either you're on or you're off. And I was like, I'm on. I love you. I want to get on the seesaw. (laughs) i want the seesaw. Um, And we've been together ever since. And I have not questioned it for one day, for one second, for one minute. And every single day I wake up and I say, I bloody love you. Mm. You are the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I am so grateful because literally he is. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'd be so lost without him. Mm. And but you have to and. At first, it was that saviour. But I think, in a way, we saved each other. It was... Yes. He'd always been treated like shit by yes. girls because he was so giving. I'd always been treated shit like guys, because I wanted the bad guy. And then we came together and it was like... And everyone's like, you know, it'll be fireworks and you'll meet your soulmate. And, and I was like, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And, and it is. He is my soulmate. Mm. Like, I just... I still to this day get excited when he comes home. Yes. And he has seen me. Like he literally had to wash my bum crack after I had a cesarean and watch blood trickle down my legs. Sorry. And literally put Mm. Vaseline on cracked nipples. And he has seen me at my very worst. And if he still loves me after that, God bless him. Yes.
1: (laughs) I, it's, this is really so profound for me because I've actually never had this conversation with anyone before. I've always felt that. My story was not unique, but just like no one related. Because yeah. I guess I don't have many women in my life who do share that age gap, but also these kind, kind men who were like just sent down from heaven. I know. It's like someone gifted you to mm, me. Mm, I know. And they knew I would need someone like yeah. you. Yeah. You know, and you let me be all of the things I want to be. And and don't question it. Don't question it. Support you. A hundred percent.
0: I know. Literally, I watched Jimmy lay on a freaking concrete floor to get an upwards angle shot of me (laughs) every weekend for my – Hobby, my well-being, my sanity, and I just look at him on that oh. ground and just think and I I'm couldn't going love a person more. for fuck's sake. Move to the left. <laughs> you didn't tell me that my nipple was out. This was creased. My hair was over my face. Like that was my bad angle. Like do it again. And he does. And it's just like and I know that's not like the pivotal moment. But no, that is what that's what you're talking about. And it's like these men are out mm. there and they. It's just you know and again I'm like I'm very cold with that like I'm not a religious person so it's like once you're dead you're dead that's mm. it see you later but if ever in my life I believe that something was sent to me then it's him by my dad it's him oh yeah and it's funny because um after dad died um I was like everyone's like you'll see these signs and I'm like what signs? Like he's dead that's it and I remember um <laughs> this is this is just always blows my mind so Whenever dad used to go down the back, because he had retired before he died for a mere couple of months Aww. before he died, which is just heart wrenching. But um, he always used to go down the back, and whenever he used to see uh, down the back of my parents' house, it's a nature reserve, and he used to see green tree frogs, and it was very rare because it's so damaged by humans. And whenever he did see them, he always said, It makes me so happy because it means that the world, you know, we're, we're getting better. There's health, like there's, wow. you know. Jimmy and I went away um not long after I I can't even remember where we were but it was some cabin and Jimmy had walked through the door and I was walking through the door after him and there was a green tree frog sitting on the top of the door as we walked through Wow! and it was like look this could have just happened but I'm gonna hold that in my heart as something that was like Mm. this was meant to be yeah you know and oh that's real I believe in that for sure yeah yeah but it's taken me a long time to kind of go okay maybe there maybe there is things because there's been so many things that have happened since then where I'm like something has to be watching over mm. me for this mm. you know
1: it just can't it I mean from my from where I sit this can't be it we I mm. mean we are like sophisticated blobs of matter I know like we we are actually created from literal stardust Do you know, know what I mean like yeah, magic. so to think that and I just can't get my head around that, that there's nothing up there Yeah. or that we don't return and come back or any of that stuff. And like when you really start paying attention, the signs are everywhere. Yeah. And it's actually scary some days where you're like, oh, this is like I've had something today actually that I won't go into. But I was in the office alone when it happened and I laughed out loud. It was so uncanny. Yeah, that I was like, oh, this is just wild. Thank you. And yeah. like amazing. But um, yeah, those moments.
0: And I think as well, um, when you have kids and it's, I think you're holding on to that hope that there's a little part of that person in them as well. And yes. there's been so many times, like Roman is such a spitting image of my dad when he was a little boy. Like it's actually scary. And wow, it is like one of those moments where... I was like, even if this is just me holding on to something, I'm just going to take it. But there's so many like, and you'll hear people say like, they'll look at a baby and they're like, he or she's been here before. Like they're an old soul. And I have experienced that firsthand. And it might just be because toddlers are just so (laughs) ranch that you're just like, you either have been here or you like, or you're just a crazy person. Um, But yeah, and it's, it warms my heart to think that maybe Mm. there is a, piece of my dad in my children yeah you know,
1: but. I asked Rochelle if she remembered when my then team and I approached her to be a part of our influencer network as is my way I wanted to ensure we were featuring fresh interesting and smart women who were giving more than just great fashion in my eyes Rochelle was and still is that in the motherhood space I asked her what her relationship is with the label influencer and also, how those epic Rochelle Rowling's captions came about.
0: I have this real weird relationship with Instagram because I feel now everyone is an influencer. So yes, I've, and that's not a bad thing. That's <coughs> fabulous. Like because th- th- so many people have so much to offer, but I don't feel like I am special or I am anyone different. And I'm not. I am special to the people that matter, you know, mm. to me and to that I matter to them. Um, and if I have an impact a positive impact on anyone, um, you know, that's struggling or anything like that, then that's my overall goal. Mm. It started off for me as, um, I remember my first really like a long post was about Jimmy actually, because he, you know, I was really struggling after I had Roman, like I had the cesarean and then I had bleeding and then I had, a whole lot of other stuff go on. One of what one of such was this really bad fungal infection in my bum. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I had to sit on like ice blocks in the hospital. Oh my like, god. And that wasn't. That was after a cesarean as well. So I'm just like, I've got a cesarean in my bum that she like. Shit. Like my boobs are leaking. Like, and it, it's the first time mum. You're just like, I have no idea what's going on with my body. Like. And I remember I wrote this really long post about Jimmy and like all these people commented on it. And it was like, you know, he, the hospital, there wasn't even a proper bed for him to sleep in. So he sat sleeping, uh, sitting up for five days, you know, and, and it, he was struggling. He wasn't sleeping, you know, he hadn't mm-hmm. been through major surgery, but it was just as, you know, hard for him in other respects. And um, I wrote this really long post about him. And then, um, you know, I went into this really bad like postnatal depression where it was like, I didn't shower. I didn't want to get dressed. I didn't put makeup on. Like mm. I lost everything that I was about, you know, like I used to wear freaking $800 lover lace dresses just to the office for the day because I had nowhere else to wear <laughs> them and I just thought it was fabulous, you know. Yeah. I'd spend my whole pay on one dress and I just would think I was the shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And this was before I took photos on Instagram and because it was just my love, you know. And I did these posts and – And I remember Jimmy and I, Roman was seven months and we were getting on a plane to go to the UK to introduce, because Jimmy's a pom, introduce the baby to the family. And um, the Daily Mail had contacted me and said, can we run a story about you? Like, you know, the mum who tells it like it is, but wears nice clothes. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, we got off the plane and I checked my phone and I had like thousands of new followers and I was like I was on cloud nine I was like wow like this is great but then it bit me in the ass because come with the good comes the bad so Mm. I had these people that were just the most horrific people saying the most horrific things about not just about me but about my son like Mm. how ugly is that baby and like look how you know just I can't even go into it like it was horrific and I just remember crying to Jimmy going what have I done like this is just horrible
1: Mm. and I guess it's that feeling as a woman as well when you I mean I don't have that example because I don't have kids yet but sometimes I have this feeling where I'm like I've exposed someone I love
0: yeah yeah
1: and why did I do that
0: and that's me Mm. every day like I have these these moments where I'm like you know especially if the kids are in a sponsored post like you know where I've dressed them in something, and Jimmy's very funny with this, like, Mm. you know, like I don't do, um, you know, anything where they're not dressed or anything Mm. like that, you know, but it's still like, hey, stand there and pose in this outfit so mummy can make some money, you know, and it's like, Jesus, like, but then it's, that there's that thing where it's like, well, mummy's doing this so that I can be with you, you know, and then you know, it's so easy to look at Instagram and go, oh, like, what a polished life. She gets all these, you know, she has all this and this and this. And that's not just me. I mean anyone. Mm. And there's so much more to the story. Like, do I have to go back to work? Yes, I do. I sell my clothes. Like, I mm. wear my clothes and then I sell them. Um, And it's like, well, can I try and make this work so mm. that mummy can be there like my mum was for us, you mm. know? Because um, it has
1: become a profession,
0: it is. And, and I think it's just
1: hard to, I don't know, like even for some stuff I'm doing now, it's like, okay, can I accept this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do I feel okay about this because it's not something that I studied to do or, yeah, you yeah. know, so we don't feel like it's credible maybe as in the getting back to work and going to the office and yeah. doing the job. I just hmm. feel
0: like a fraud most of the time. Like I feel like why... Like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, what is makes my life any more interesting than anyone else's? And the fact that I can articulate the struggles of motherhood maybe better than some people can in writing. I mean, if you spoke to any mum, they would tell you all the stories that I've written down mm. verbally. And some people have, like, you know, I that's my writing has always been my love and, you know, a strength, if you say. And some people can't do that. So maybe the reason why women do like reading my posts is because I just say what they have been through that day or that night. And there's plenty of other moms that do exactly the same as what I do. It's just that my thing always was, and I get, still get questions sometimes. It's like, well, why don't your posts match, sorry, your photos match your words? And I'm like, like, that's
1: the fucking point. That's
0: the point. Like it was like, and I wrote in one of my posts, like it literally would have been a photo of me in Jimmy's undies in a bonds maternity bra eating cereal out of a packet that would have been the photo it was me going okay get up have a freaking shower put on some red lippy put on some heels buy something you love and go and get a photo out on a wall and then go home Mm -hmm. even if you just do that for 10 minutes you've done something you know and that's what it started as and now it's evolved into how can I make my life better not just in photos but actually better in real life
1: Mm. as well
0: so that's where this whole new you know eating and trying to exercise and doing all that because it's like we get this finite time here and it is like my dad got 53 years like and that's a long time compared to some people you Mm. know some people get three Mm. and it's like well i'm here and i'm healthy how can i make that last even longer Mm. you know and it's like okay we'll start practicing what you preach you know and show your kids how to live the best life that they possibly can mm. and the people that follow you as well because it's all well and good for me to put up a photo of me eating a f- you know a big mac or something like that and be like oh yolo but it's not i would kill myself about that for the next week because i know what that does to my insides and my outsides mm. and it's like i don't want to be that person i want to be a role model I, can be. I want to be a role model. Mm. And if it's just for my kids, that's fine. But mm. if it reaches anyone else, that's great too.
1: It's really powerful. It's a big part of why I created this podcast. Yeah. Is to talk to women like you. Yeah. About this very topic that if you have a platform and to your point, what makes me any different to anyone else? Yep. Well, okay, I've got the audience. Yeah. Now what the fuck am I going to say to them? Yeah. Because we have such an intense responsibility. Yeah. Of what we're putting out there. Exactly. And. I look at what's out there, and some days I'm just so worried. I'm so this, worried. So I
0: caught up. It's funny you say that. So I've been, Reese, I'm
1: just going to shift this pillow because I've
0: going a cramp because I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> My leg's are asleep, but oh, yeah, yeah, I just left like, it. Like wake up. Um, so I caught up with a girlfriend of mine yesterday who um, I had a falling out with when I was um, just about to give birth to Roman. And this girl was the most beautiful soul. And at the time, She still is, sorry, the most beautiful soul. And at the time, she was going through a lot of stuff and I was going through a lot of stuff um, just with pregnancy and stuff like that and our worlds just collided and we stopped being friends. And I let it – both of us let it go for three years. And in that three years, I've had postnatal depression twice. I've had two kids. I've breastfed both of them for a year each. I've, you know, I've dealt with family issues and like everyone else in the world, right? Mm. But something – Something hit me about six months ago where I was like, enough, like you have to, and it started off wanting to get in shape for a wedding that I was going to, cause I wanted to wear this dress and I was like, nah, your boobs are huge. Like you've got to, you've just got to get, you know, get healthier. And I did a few changes and I had felt better than I had felt in years, mm. even before the kids. That's how I feel now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, it started evolving and it was like, okay, well, what else can I do? What other toxic stuff can I cut out of my life? You know, and it started with food and then it started with, you know, bad habits, started with, then it went into friends and it was like, right, anything that doesn't make me happy, I'm cutting out. You know, besides obviously paying mortgage and stuff like that, like all (laughs) the stuff you're allowed to cut out. um, I cut out and I reached out to her and I said, regardless of what, has just happened, or what has gone on? I want to see you, and I want to be your friend, and I hope you want to be my friend too. Because all of my best memories are with you. And mm. if we carry anything through this life, it's these memories. And if you can have the people that you made these memories with in your life, mm. then how how special is that?
1: Was that hard to reach out to her, or not at all?
0: Yeah, it it was at first of that fear of rejection, rejection of going. But then I was like, I've got nothing to lose. If mm. she rejects me. Then it wasn't meant to be and I've made peace with it and she obviously hasn't. Um, and I messaged her and the beautiful soul that she is said, yeah, I'd love to see you. Mm. And I saw her and it was like nothing had ever happened. Mm. And it reminded me of why I'm doing this, of why I'm trying to teach my kids that because you only get such a short time, mm. like what makes you unhappy? Like mm. don't do it. Like it's... You know, I watched my dad for all the years of his life do a, a job he hated, do, you know, things for other people that he didn't want to do because he felt like he had to. And he never bought his Harley Davidson. And I remember going and saying goodbye to him. And we walked into this hospital and, he, you know, he was there. And I was holding his hand. And I'm just, I said to myself, I will never. And this is another reason for my clothes because it sounds stupid. But it's like they make me happy and it's my passion. And I will buy that even if I have to then sell something for it or I have to, you know, do what I have to do because if I lose my passion, then what have I got, Mm. you know? So anyway, so we
1: digressed again. Mm -hmm. But
0: yeah, it was about cutting the toxic out and making yourself happy and I haven't been this happy in years. Mm,
1: I feel exactly the same. What I think is so interesting about that is as women we're taught – um, to – we're taught that if we love fashion mm. that it's vain or mm. shameful yep. and I love that you challenge that and that's certainly what you've given to us I think in terms of your content and so much of what I've learned from you is I'm allowed to love Chanel. I'm yeah. allowed to yeah. buy Gucci. I yeah. If I've, you know, worked hard for my money and same as you, like yeah. a lot of the time anytime I – I don't buy much designer anymore because I am – you know, baby on a budget at the moment, yeah. <laughs> but when I was earning, a lot of the time I would sell something that I wasn't wearing anymore that maybe paid for half of the new thing I yeah. wanted and try and take responsibility for it in that way. But it's the guilt that can come along with it. You feel like, oh, why do I need this stuff? And am I trying to, um, you know, disguise something yeah. or not pay attention to my feelings? But really what you're saying is, Fashion can be my passion. Yes. (laughs) I like what you did Um, there. Is that your new Instagram bio? It could (laughs) be.
0: Change his name on
1: Instagram.
0: Um, No. So, and I completely agree. And there is times, and I I remember I got this message from this woman not long ago. And she said, "Um, I'm sending you this message because I just want to be honest with you because I love you and I love your words, but I have to unfollow you because at the moment I have no money and I can't look at you. I can't look at these things, right? And I wrote back to her and I said, um, I'm just like, I'm, I'm devastated. Like, I, I don't know what to say to you. And, and m- the truth of the matter is, is that there are times when I don't have things. like I don't buy new things, but you only see when I'm opening something or when I'm wearing something new. Mm-hmm. And that might be a month or two months of me not buying anything. Mm mm-hmm. And then, but because my Instagram, like it's, people think it's real time. So it's like, oh, she's always got something new. And it's like, well, it it actually isn't like I could have taken that
1: photo three months ago. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Mm. And regardless, like, again, you shouldn't have to explain yourself to people. Mm. Like if you like me, if you like what I say, if you like my clothes, follow me. Like, and I would love for you to tell me why, like, Mm. you know, and if that's not your thing, then that's fine. There's Mm. plenty of wonderful people to follow that are more along the lines of what you want to do. And the thing is, there is, but there's a guilt with everything, Mm. especially I find women because we tend to overthink things as Mm. well, you know? And it's like, oh, you know, you look at uh, a mum's Instagram and she's out having drinks, and she's or she's out working, or she's doing something. And it's like, well, I'll oh. tell
1: you, I wonder. I'm like, how are you at drinks right now? How do I yes. do it? How am I going to be able to do this? And I do that as well. And there's like a couple of
0: amazing mums that I follow, um, who, like who do all of this stuff all the time. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? Because Roman goes to daycare two days and one day a week. I have a girl who minds rumors, so I can literally just do my hair or Mm -hmm. you know little things like go to bloody medicare or whatever it is and i only have my mum to help i don't have any other family because jimmy's whole family is in the uk and it's like well like where's your kid like what do you do and it's not a judgment of Mm -hmm. like you should be with your kids because God, I know it's nice to be away from your children. But it's like, how do you do it all? Mm. And some people might look at me and go, oh, she does it all. And I fucking don't. Mm. Like, I go to the gym at 4.30 a.m. because it's the only time that I can go before my kids wake up. And I get home and Roman is awake. Um, Mm. And I cook all those meals on a Sunday night or I cook them when my mum is there because I have my mum over a lot and helps with my children. Mm. I'm not alone. Um, So any of that and believe me if I am alone with my kids I'm not on I can't be on Instagram nice. because it's not possible. Mm. But as again that goes back to you only see the snippets. So mm. you think, oh she's always cooking or she's always getting her hair done or she's always got buying new clothes and it's like it's not like that. Mm. Please, it's not like that. Like and I'm the first to admit like I have help mm. with my mum and I have put Roman in daycare. So the times that I can do things, mm. I'm not trying to say I do it all. Mm. And I think mums feel really alone.
1: Like mm, I'll tell you, like I watch and I follow lots of inspiring mums and because yeah. I have the ambition to be one, I'm yeah. like, I want to know. I'm like, yeah. how's it going to be and what's it going to be yeah. like? And there are times where I'm like, wait, so will I still be going out for mugs? <laughs> Seems like I will.
0: <laughs> well. <yeah. laughs> um, and that's the thing, like, and because I was obviously a breastfeeding mum with both and I had literally tits that could sink the Titanic. <laughs> these were huge tits. Like I'm talking, I couldn't even lie on my front um wow. like i 'm I was a double e wow. like they were not pretty though like they yeah they were just horrible and um and they 're even more horrible now because <laughs> all that skin is still there um but and it was so th- for the first couple of months i couldn 't leave because rumor wouldn 't take a bottle, and um I was on alert, so even if I went up the road to get milk, I would leak through everything because I had this huge milk supply, and rumor was crazy, crazy milk drinker. And it was like, (laughs) Jesus, like my boobs, I wish I could take them off and just leave them, you know? And, you know, and that was the hardest thing as Mm. a breastfeeding mum. Like you can't be away that much. Mm. And... You know, and I had all these friends who had these perky, beautiful little tits who could go out in public and just stick the baby's head on them and still have a cocktail and and write back to a text and eat a hot dog while breastfeeding. Whereas I was like, okay, everyone, beep, 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 like, and these tits would come out and my kids would drown on my meal, like, gurgling and I'd have to reattach their poor little face. Like, rumours skull was littler than my tit. And... I had these re- like repetitive dreams that I killed them by suffocating them in my teeth. <laughs> oh my God. And it was like, I couldn't go out. So for six, and that was when the depression hit. Cause it's like, you're not leaving the house. Mm. So then you fall into that. Well, why should I get changed? Mm. Why should I have a shower? Why should I brush my teeth? And it was like an intervention. Like my mom and Jimmy were like, for the first time in their lives, like you should buy something. Like, to put on. (laughs) Buy some Gucci. Buy something and put it on. Um, Because I was sitting in milk stained t-shirts and, you know, and I went and got help because it was Mm. like I got – Well,
1: I was going to ask what advice do you have for maybe there's new mums listening? Yeah. What advice do you have for them in that time where they feel like they're – perhaps they're suffocated by –
0: My biggest advice is um, don't leave it because, Jesus Christ, it is a slippery slope and I – don't even think I got postnatal depression as bad as some mums get it. Uh, I was pretty bad. Um, but I mean I wish that I had been more honest with myself about that because I was going, who am I? Like and I do this like I do this all the time. Like who am I to have postnatal depression? Like mm. I'm no one special. Like I don't deserve to have post depression. Look at me. I've got a house. I've got a husband. I've got beautiful kids. Like, pull yourself together. Mm. And it was like that guilt of having that. And it's like there's nothing to be ashamed about. Like, people get depressed. Like, you get depressed without kids. You get depressed with kids. Like, that doesn't make you weak mm. or you shouldn't be ashamed of that, you know. And I think as well, m- mums can be each other's biggest supporter and they can also be your biggest enemy because – What is that about? I think you go to, I don't know, like
1: like I've wondered about it. I'm like, there seems to be two camps here. Mm, Yeah. And I Mm. think
0: you find your click and you're lucky. Like I didn't find that click. So for me, uh, especially with Roman, it was like, what the fuck do I do now? Like no one understands this. I don't really have anyone, you know. Um, And then with Rumour, it was like just a shift in – uh, you know one to two kids and that's baggage like you know you have to cancel on people and you don't call people back and you don't reply to messages and there's a lot of people that just get really fed up with that and rightly so mm.
1: but yes and no I yes think. and no I mean and that's where you're the questions like I've done that a bit lately where I've had I mean obviously not related to motherhood but I have a lot on and there's a lot of people asking for my time which I'm really grateful for and so I'm trying my best to make time for the people who ask for it and time for myself and I've had a few particularly old friends who it's either like you're too busy for me or you've changed or – and it's really hard because you're like I just need you to love me right now. I just need you to be in my corner and as soon as I can be there, I will be be there. there.
0: And if there were something that you really needed me for, I would be – and that's – that's the thing that I've struggled with the most is um, the shift in in relationships, not just with your partner, but relationships in general. And everyone says the, the hardest relationship you'll ever have is with your partner, but I think the hardest relationship you ever have is with your friends mm. because your husband has to <laughs> your husband has to love you. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, and when you have kids, it's about survival with them. It's like you get the shift, I'll get that shift, and your relationship shifts with that Mm. um and you work on that every day but with your girlfriends it's like you have those girlfriends who you know you've had for years and years and have changed and have grown with you and they're the ones that you can go I won't talk to you for a month but I know that when I do talk to you and I I have those girlfriends and they're so beautiful and I'm so appreciative But I think there's this stigma in society where it's like I have to have a best friend. Mm. I have to have this best friend and this group of girlfriends that I go out with for cocktails and we all take photos and it's all shiny and we tell each other everything. And if you don't have that, then you're a fucking loser, Mm. you know. And it's like – but it's not always like that. It's not. You might have a really good friend that's 15 years older than you. Mm. You might have a friend that you like going drinking with that's 10 years younger than you. Mm. You might have a best friend who's a cousin or a sister or – Whoever it might be, or a friend that you know that needs you in other ways, and and I think people come into your life at different times for different reasons, and go out of your life. Yes, for I'm learning that to and to let gracefully go. let go. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a fault on your part, mm. and it's not a fault on their part. It's just that your worlds don't mm. work together, and. I think you have to let it go before it gets really toxic Mm. for both of you and before it starts getting into like mean girls where it's like – That's such good advice. That's my friend. That's my friend. You can't go out with her. You can't do that. And it's Mm. like I'm too old and I'm too tired yeah. and I don't have the energy and I just want sunshine. Mm. And that's not saying that there's not going to be bumps Mm. along the road with your friendships but those bumps should be worked on together like with your partner, Mm. not – against you or put against you or made fun of or spoken about behind your back or and I've been guilty of all of that Mm. but this new me (laughs) is trying to be that that better person Mm. you know so
1: I wanted to ask about Mm. um how your how the shape of your relationship changed after kids because I know for my girlfriends who've had kids um that's been the biggest shock because yeah. you kind of prepare yourself mentally for the baby in your relationship yeah. with your baby and how you're going to be as a mum. That, you know, certainly what I've heard from them is they didn't think about, oh, my husband and mm. how the dynamics change. Yeah. What has that been like?
0: I think, um, I and back to our earlier conversation, I think I'm very lucky to have Jimmy who is very much probably more the female in the relationship, whereas I'm probably more cold, um, in terms of, you know, like, oh, well, let's just get on with it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the biggest ch- – and the reason why it's so hard is because when you have a baby, it's you that changes, not him, not the baby, it's you. You go from this independent, single well, – I mean, as in mm. singular, um, <clears throat> you know, in most incidences, confident um, – worldly, cultured, educated woman to questioning everything in your life. Mm. Like, am I a Wearing your husband's niggers,
1: <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> Every, like, literally. And it's like, how many times can I call him to tell him to get the fuck home before I divorce him? Like, mm. because you literally, and that's what I said, like, you become survival units. It's like, mm. and it changes because that reliance that you had on them before where it was like I rely on them to pick up groceries or to call me back or to make my tea make my tea or <laughs> you know or pick me up when I'm down or you know it all all it shifts and changes into I rely on him to hold the child so I can have a shower or you know have a sleep or teach me how to be better in certain aspects Mm. that maybe their strengths like jimmy has this patience that i would honestly like cut him open and steal like i just like literally i I look at roman and like today he wanted to make this milkshake and he wanted to open the tin of chocolate and put it in and literally like within 30 seconds of him him trying to even open the tin i was like for fuck's sake (laughs) let me just open the tin like whereas jimmy will sit there and be like Okay, so now you put the spoon underneath this, and then you flip that open, and I'm literally like, "Teach me that!" Mm. Like, and it's taken me a long, like, because before a year ago, I would have been like, "You piece of shit!" Like, <laughs> you're just showing me up, like, because you know that I suck at that, you know. Whereas now I'm like, "Teach me! Teach mm. me how to do that! Teach me how to have more patience!" Mm. and and instead of now looking at him like a competitor or who's the better parent or, you know, or why is he not waking up, I'm waking up.
1: What? He's, who's got the fair, yeah.
0: yeah. What's fair? Instead of that, now I'm trying to evolve it into what is your strength, what is my strength and how can we bring those together to be better parents? Mm. You know, and I think that takes time because, as I said, for the first two and a half years, it was just survival. Mm. It was, and, you know... We have been away from Roman for two nights in his whole life, in three years. Wow. And uh, rumour one, so, you know, one night we went away... Sorry, three Was that months. when you went to a wedding? Yes. I remember that one. Yeah, and yeah. it was horrible. And I was
1: nervous for you. I was like, yeah, I oh, God, know. she's going. Oh God. I know, like,
0: what is she thinking? <laughs> um, and, like, on Instagram, like, everyone would have been like, oh, she's having the best time. But really, like, I was having, like, an internal panic attack. Mm. And, and it was horrible. Like, we had my mum and um, my cousin's wife mind the kids, and rumour was up every hour. Um, and I was still breastfeeding. So it was – I was pumping my boobs into the toilet. On wow. the boat, on the cruise boat that we were on, and then pumping it into the toilet at the restaurant and leaking, and I had handkerchiefs shoved down my top, like, and um, and it was just you know, and then we booked this two nights away, and they got hand foot mouth, yes. and it was like that was our first two nights away with two because you were packed. I saw. Don't talk to me about. Oh, that. I'm I'd so sorry. My packing. Did you? You were like, I'm so like, ready well, to go. Listen to me. We're gonna get two photo shoots. Yeah. These are the outfits. This is the angle that I want to work. Just do me proud. He's like, fuck, this is no holiday. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, and that's what I've learned with kids. And, you know, after you teach me your meditative ways, I'll be a better person. I know. But I wasn't. Like I literally, like when we made the call to cancel the weekend and we thought we were going to lose our money because we'd paid in full and – they Jimmy rang and begged and pleaded, and they were so kind and moved it for us, and even refunded us some money because it's a cheaper month because it's going to be cold as balls in this place. Like, Doesn't matter. Yeah, like Jimmy's like we can cuddle. I'm like great, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like that's what I've I'm trying like mm. it plans change, and mm. that's what motherhood is. Use surrender, it, surrender, and that's the perfect word for it. And. It's surrendering yourself for a little bit and mm. blossoming in ways that you never thought possible, like mm. and then there's the real shitty days, yes, you know,
1: which you tell us about on Instagram, which <laughs> we appreciate. Yes.
0: I've got a real good one coming about him, do you have <laughs> <laughs> about and mouth. oh yeah,
1: yeah, um, <laughs> I also wanted to know about you know as women we have such focus on our bodies Mm. um and so much of our self-worth is tied up in what we look at that's a generalization but for a lot certainly myself and a lot of the women in my life and I'm personally working really hard on moving on from that narrative of like waking up every day and going I've got two legs that work I've got two arms you know I'm so healthy I'm so grateful grateful." stop focusing on these things that there's like nothing wrong with you, but once it gets in there, sometimes it's hard to get it out. Yep. I project forward to being pregnant and then having the baby, then after the baby, no one, there's no real um, representation of what our bodies look like after birth mm. beyond the ones that bounce back quick. And so the expectation is, you know, if I don't look like I did before I fell pregnant you're a month a after, you're a failure. Mm. Tell me about, how your relationship with your body has changed and what that journey has been like because I think there's a lot of women listening and, you know, me selfishly as well who yeah. I could deal with some perspective. Yeah. yeah.
0: Look, um, I've always really struggled with my weight and, um, and it's probably why I got into clothes is because I hated my body. So I was like, well, if I wear nice clothes, then I'll disguise the fact that I hate my body and people will just be like, wow, she's got nice clothes on, you know, and that's how it's – and this was from – like such an early age you know and oh god this is such a big topic for me because i'm so fearful of bringing a girl up into this world especially with my history and of my hatred of my body and i had this conversation with my mom because i grew up with my mom hating her body and that was ingrained Mm. in me you know and she always says to me i regret that and i don't want to regret that with rumor i want to tell her Like, I don't want her being one of those girls where it's like, I'm fucking beautiful. Like, Mm. but I want her to be like, I appreciate this body. And especially because I did watch dad and then mum suffer with breast cancer and melanoma. And I watch that these bodies are so fickle, like at Mm. any day, you know, like it's skin and bones, like, and Mm. it's organs. And that's what it is. It shouldn't be looked at as um, a prize, Mm. you know, but so back to that. Um, Look, I don't have an answer. my my answer is I put on a lot of weight with both kids um, probably because I vomited to 24 weeks with both of them um, with really bad morning sickness and McDonald's was like basically my second home. Um, well, a lot of women say all they
1: can eat is McDonald's. It's so bizarre, yeah. isn't it? And I
0: don't know if it's like in your head or if it's like Big Macs were like my thing. Mm. Like I, like on my worst days, I'd have two Big Macs a day Like, yeah. and that's like 8,000 calories and <laughs> um, and it's funny because I remember speaking to this girl when I was young and like, you know, about body image and I think it was something at school and she said, you know, it's in your 30s that you appreciate your body the most. And I was like, yeah, whatever, 30, ancient, like no one's going to care about your body then. Um, and I am 32 and it's the first time in my life that I can say I, I appreciate, I, mm. I'm happy with my body. And that's after two caesareans, two children, breastfeeding, all of that. And my biggest thing was... And a lot of my depression after the kids was, like, I had put on all this weight. I had these big scar. I had cellulite. Like, I had dinner plate nipples. Like, I was just – like, I was – I felt horrible, Mm. you know. and Maybe even that you don't recognize. You don't recognize your body. It's not yours anymore and it's not yours for a really long time. Mm. And I remember, like, last week I read this article and it was this really, really interesting article. And it was saying – um that even the health and well-being industry is um, is like a cult, yes. right? So, you know, it's it's saying, um, hey, if you eat this and you drink that, you will feel better mm-hmm. and you will look better and you'll have more energy and your skin will glow. And it's, you know, and it's all in this bar or it's all in this shake or it's all
1: in this… Celery Pilates juice.
0: …Pilates or celery juice or kale, you know. And I drink celery juice and I eat kale. But it's basically what the point of this article was saying is don't buy into like the health and wellness, like, you know, the Pilates and the kale and all that is still just another marketing marketing instrument, you mm. know, just the same as any other one. Mm-hmm. And it's saying how you respond to it is how it will ultimately, you know, help mm. you. And, um, the biggest thing I took from that article and the funny thing that it said in it and it, which really hit home was the women who buy into this, like the Pilates kale and that are white women on good wages who are already thin. Mm. They're the people who get into this and cause they're the people that can afford the Pilates classes and mm. they're the people that can afford to eat the kale and mm. buy the shakes and do all that, you know? Mm. And, my th- my thing with me is and my diet and my exercise now, like I obviously pay for Pilates, but my diet besides obviously the cost of buying fresh produce is better than I've ever mm. bought before. It is vegetables, it's greens, it's no shakes, it's mm. no bars, it's no, not even vitamins. It is literally just me eating mm. stuff from the earth and trying to do what's best for my body and my body's had such a great effect.
1: Don't you think it's the strangest things? I'm right there with you at the moment. Like I am exploring veganism, Yep. you know, delicately yep. and yep. in a way that feels right for me. I'm not saying I am or will be but yep. I'm trying to eat as close to it as possible yep. to see how my body responds. It's been this funny thing where there's been no other time in my life that I've desired mm. healthy mm. food and it hasn't felt like a chore for me. Yep. Like when I'm looking at the menu and everyone else is ordering a burger, I'm like, no. Nah, you don't actually want it. I just don't want it. And I always wondered what it was about people who ate well. Why can you do it so easily and why do you have all of this kind of like control yep. whereas I just fall into the fries like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And But now I'm like, oh, fries are potatoes. <laughs> I can have the fries. Yeah. And it's all the other fucking shit. Sh- that. Well, yeah. and that's
0: what, and you know, again, like I am no expert and a lot of my research is on Google, which does not mm. make me an expert at all. And nor does following health and wellness bloggers on Instagram because mm. a lot of them are not educated. Or no You know, you have to, God, sift through wads and wads of information. And even that is so hard because there's so many conflicting things, right? For me, it was, um, all right. It's not just how I look, it's something's not working because I am bloated, I am not well, like I'm not feeling good, like I'm not, you know, besides obviously the tiredness that's associated with, mm. with parenthood, but it was, I'm not a vegan, don't get me wrong, I'm not a vegan, I have never eaten meat a lot, I have never drunk a lot, I'm not that, I have just have never been that This is similar to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't drink now, but if I went out with the girls, would I have a drink? Yes. If I really craved a big steak, would I have one? Yes. Not at home because I cook it like shit. You'd have to go to a real proper place and have a proper steak. But I, how I eat at home from the research that I have done and, and not just the research but how it's affected my body mm. is all that I kind of need. And I'm still learning. And, I'm, and I ask people, like mm. if I see something, like if I see something on Instagram or if I see someone eating out or, I, you know, I ask people like... You know, like there's this, uh, the daycare that Roman goes to, the owner is this beautiful, beautiful woman and she's always got so much energy and she's running around doing all this. And I asked her, I said, like, what do you, like, what are you? And she said, I'm vegan and I have been vegan for years. And I talked to her about it and why and what her reasons were and all that. And she said, the problem is, is that a lot of women think that there's one answer and it's like, okay, this is my answer. She looks great. She lost all this weight. What do I have to do? Tell me. Mm -hmm. And it's like. There is not one answer. No. You have to do what's best for you. Mm. You have to read things. You have to experiment with your body. Like, Mm. have I cut dairy and meat out of my kids' diets? Absolutely not. Mm. Um, Will I? Probably not. I want them to decide on their own. Mm. Um, Did I grow up on dairy and meat? Yeah. Mm. You know, am I healthy? Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't work for me now,
1: Mm. you know? And the other thing I've realised is the changes I've seen in my physical body – are directly related to my um, internal dialogue mm-hmm. and my state of well-being and happiness internally. Yep. So, you, I know you're feeling this because I can see it's like radiating out of you. Yep. The more, um, what's the word, content, maybe, yep. and um, happy we feel, the more that presents itself in everything from digestion to skin to our mood and like not having mood swings for example you know all that when I do have a mood swing it's not one to a hundred
0: yes yeah I kind of
1: kind of hit halfway and go oh all righty and then go back down again whereas before it was like an eruption yeah you know
0: and I think um that resonates with me so much because I just one day said I'm just gonna cut out dairy and I just want to see how that affects me um, I lost eight kilos. Mm. No exercise, nothing, and then that terrifies me because it's like, what? What are we doing to ourselves? Yeah. Like, and it wasn't about the weight; it was about mm. the fear of, okay, shit. Am I? am feeding this to my kids, and then you start researching, and it's like a, it it's a, this. Oh, it's so overwhelming because it's like the chemicals and the mm-hmm. hormones and all of this, and it's like then me looking at my mum and dad and going, well, neither of you led a bad lifestyle. Yeah. Shit. Is this what we're eating? Mm. And there's things you can't escape. Like, is our soil as good as it was 50 years ago? Absolutely not. Mm. We walk through the streets of pollution every day. Like, you can't avoid certain things. But can you do things to make it better? Mm. Yeah, you can, you know. And, you know, from a body perspective and from a a temperament perspective, do I feel like I'm a better person temperament-wise? Yes. Just clarity. Oh, like clarity um my patience was a big thing but then I thought okay well and then it's like a a good slippery slope because it's like okay well, well now what I've lost this weight that I was carrying and I feel better mentally and physically uh I'm gonna go see a physio and talk about the damage that I've done to my body from having kids or just in general uh, and then how I can better it. And then, you know, when the physio says you've got five centimetre ab separation, you're going to need to do something about that. Uh, you go, okay, well, what can I do? Well, Pilates is really good. Mm. I go and do Pilates. It's m- that my first thing in the morning. I get up. My alarm goes off at 4.30. 4.30. Four thirty.
1: Four fucking
0: 30. Um, but can I tell you, I'm not angry about it. Like I get up. I have my clothes set out. I have everything set out. I hop in the car. I turn the music right up. I drive to Pilates. It's forty-five minutes, just about me. Mm. I stop and get a coffee, well, a turmeric latte. Yes, let's be honest. <laughs> My we've husband's very much also dropped the caffeine. <laughs> um, That's me. Now. I'm like, I'll have a chai. Oh yeah, so try asking friends to go and order a turmeric latte. Bullshit sounds like that. Um, and I get home. And it's like I'm a new person, like, it, and it sounds so fucking cliche, but it's I so get it. true. I walk in the door and I read this quote the other day and I was like, you know, it's one of those quotes where you you nod, but you'd never share it because it's so fucking tacky. But it's like, own the day before it owns you. Mm-hmm. And never in my life have I ever owned the day <laughs> until now. And it's taken me 32 years, two kids later. And I walk in that door and believe me, there's still like days where I lose my shit and I'm just a complete mess. But more often than not, now I walk in that door and I go, Right, I can handle this shit. I can handle it. Like, give it to mm. me. Because I've just had an hour that's just about yeah. me. Mm. And because the next 17 hours is not about me.
1: Mm. So <laughs> until you lay your clothes out again. Until I lay my
0: clothes out again. And I do it. And yeah. I do it six mornings a week. Mm. And. You know, and usually if I'd seen that some other bitch doing that on Instagram, uploading a photo in the lockers at 4.50 a.m. in the morning, i be like, what a fucking piece of work. Like, yeah, good on you, bitch. Like, yeah, you go do your Pilates at 4.50 a.m. Like, But that was the angry negative <laughs> me that was just a jealous bitch. And it was yeah. like, but why can't you do that? Get up. Mm. Like, your kids sleep pretty, pretty well now. Like, you know, there's still nights where they're terrible. But I still get up because I'm like, you know what? If I can survive two years... Of not sleeping mm. with those kids, and still not sometimes, then I can survive getting up and doing something for myself that's not over, only correcting something that is bad, mm. but correcting me as well mentally, mentally mm. and physically. So,
1: so good. Yeah, anyone can do it. Um, I ask each of my guests a final question. Tell me, <laughs> Let's make it a gooey. Um, offline exists as an exploration of self, which is the very thing we've been talking about today. And thank you for sharing so honestly, which is why I wanted to talk to you. Cause I knew you'd just give it to us straight. <laughs>
0: always. Yeah.
1: Fascinating to follow even better in person. Thank you. And I've always said that about you. I'll cry, um, cause I'm
0: emotional like that.
1: Well you haven't cried yet, which no, is a bit of a record for oh, me. I a bit um no, I was a bit emotional before yeah. when you talking about your dad and I yeah. was like mm. yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, so offline exists as an exploration of self and who are we without the labels um that we put on ourselves and society puts on us. So when you're sitting in your true self, <laughs> who are you? Oh
0: Big question, and probably one that if you'd asked me Six months ago, i have been like, Roman and Rumors, mum, mm. you know. Um, I want to say now I'm just a 32-year-old woman who's still trying to find herself and be a mum and be a wife and be a friend and be a daughter and be all those things while still trying to be true to myself. mm and this is my year of no more bullshit. And for the last two weeks, I've done it. Mm. And if I can keep on doing that, then I hope you ask me that question again. I will. Don't forget the little people, you're huge. And Please. We'll do this in five years from now. Yeah. And I hope I'm sitting there going, I'm just the best version of myself.
1: It's mm. a good answer. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. We're going to (laughs) cuddle profusely after this. Because I'm massive, so I'll cuddle you. (laughs) Like, I'm definitely the... um, I'm the little spoon. Yeah, I'm the big spoon. But I'm into that. (laughs) If
0: Tony and Jimmy ever get sick of our shit, we know where to go. That's right. We'll move back into that little...
1: Well, no, when they're in their wheelchairs we're going to have to wheel them
0: around. Oh, shit. I was thinking about that because I was thinking about colostomy packs the other day and I was like, do I love him enough to change his colostomy (laughs) pack? Then I was like, well, he loved me enough to change my surfboard pad after I had both kids, so it's kind of like tit for tat.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.